forward to that. I hope and pray that we can gather right now and we can get into a prayer closet with our brother Paul. Um, Roger mentioned uh, our prayer meeting this Wednesday. Starting this Wednesday, we're going to be looking at the hour that changes the world. I'm looking forward to it in a great way. But would you take your Bibles and please bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. There is a prayer that Paul starts out with in chapter 1. We're not going to be looking at that. But the Lord led me to this in chapter 3. Whenever I read it in my devotions, I am so moved by it. We're going to pray. Excuse me, we're going to read it, then we're going to pray, and we'll kind of take it apart a little bit. But I want us to hear this man of God as he intercedes for us. Yes, indeed, for the believers in Ephesus, but for us as well. So in Ephesians chapter 3, would you please go to verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power, I love this, that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. In other words, What he prays back then, he's desiring for us now, and he wants to see it at work through all ages, world without end. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that truly you would guide this morning. Lord, we are hungry to hear from you, not from man. We're hungry to hear from you. I pray that your spirit would guide us. Lord, I don't know the needs of those that are here this morning, but you know our hearts. Lord, you know my heart. And it's a joy to open up and read something that is so rich, such a blessing, and has been a blessing. So, Lord, speak. And we thank you that that's exactly what you do. When you come, 
to hungry hearts. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, two weeks ago, we were thinking about the theme that we're starting with this year. We went to 2 Timothy 3.14, and it is continue. Paul wrote to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So continue, keep on keeping on. But it was interesting, that's verse 14 in 2 Timothy 3. It was interesting, it's interesting to remember what Paul said in the verse before. He said in verse 13, but evil men, and it's not just evil men, but it's seducers. It's people that are trying to persuade you in their lies. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now that's growing. It was amazing how this last week there were a group of people, mostly men, that met in a city named Davos. And they were talking about how they're going to save the planet. In fact, John Kerry from our nation, I heard him say this, we are the saviors of the planet. And I thought, you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Deceiving and being deceived, and have they ever been deceived? But I want you to understand this. There are powers that be, there are people in high places that are gathering right now, right now, flying in their multi-million dollar jets with their multi-billion dollar bank accounts, and they are convinced that all the world is theirs. They're wrong. God is using them the very same way he will use the Antichrist to set up this world to bring glory to himself. But it's happening right now. We can't pretend that it's not happening. We can't say, well, you know, people said this about Hitler. No, 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 no. This is different. This is, this is fascinating what is happening. Folks, we need to be discerners of the time. And so while all this is going on to us, it's saying, hey, <laughs> this world is ripe for the love of God. This world is ripe for our Savior. And so here's Paul, the same Paul that wrote to Timothy about these things. The same Paul that wrote to the people in Thessalonica about the coming of the Lord, the very same Paul, he's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he has such a burden for them that he hasn't even written the half of this letter, and already he's praying for them again. And I am so glad we get to read his prayers. To me, Three of the most important prayers that are in this book, this New Testament, three of the most important are, number one, the Lord's model prayer. 
You see it in Matthew 6. There are all, you can also see it elsewhere in a, in a different scenario because the Lord kept teaching this. But he taught, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's also the prayer that Christ prayed for us. He mentions us in John 17. But this would be up there as well because of the richness. And I, and I pray that we have, we're, we're wise enough that we recognize that this is God's word and this indeed is for his people. That means if you name the name of Christ, if you've trusted Christ as your savior, it's yours too. It's yours too. In Ephesians, starting with verse 1 in chapter 1, Paul shares what we are, who we are in Christ, and what we have in him. But starting here, in chapter 3, verse 14, we're challenged, we're exhorted to live by these truths. And so he begins this section and goes all the way to the end of the book of Ephesus, exhorting us not only to do it, but praying that we will grasp this. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to fight a tendency of my flesh, and maybe you're made out of the same stuff I am, that when I get into the Word of God, my flesh wants to do just this. Well, you know, I'm going to focus on what I'm reading because, after all, I need to read the Bible, right? Wink, wink. You know, I just, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. But we're not slowing down and we're not discerning what it is that we're praying. When Paul prayed in the first chapter, he wanted believers to know the power that the Lord had given them. But in this second one, he's praying that they use it. So, let's go to verse 14. For this cause, this prayer was for a specific cause, a specific purpose. Now again, it applies to us. We need to be listening. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, that doesn't mean that when he prayed this, every time he prayed this, he immediately stopped and he dropped to his knees. It was the attitude of the heart that at times drove him physically on his knees. But there was an attitude of reverence to God coming to the Lord because there was a cause that he had in his heart because of the people at Ephesus. You ever wonder what cause God has for you. Hello? How many of you have had challenges in your life already in this year? How many of you are going, oh, I can't believe it. We're in the third Sunday. He's already asking us questions where he wants us to raise our hand. Okay, we'll leave it for the rest of the, uh, rest of the day. But seriously, just how much can I make this personal? Well, it becomes very personal here. Listen again, verse 14. 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's us, folks. This prayer was so important that it was a prayer where he often, I'm sure, went to his knees, but in his heart, that was his desire. He's praying it for these people. Now, there's several requests that we're going to take note of. What is it? If the Apostle Paul was praying for Faith Baptist, what would he be praying for? We find it right here. So take note. That's why we're there. Take note. First of all, Holy Spirit power. Look at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, now, again, take note. This was a place that Brother uh, Schrock took us this last week. To strengthen means to make strong, to tough, endure, you know, because this is what our bodies need. I got to get on that, oh, mercy. I got to get on that exercise. I've got to get on my bike. Why? Because this body has a tendency to go south, and I keep trying to drag it the other direction. You do too, by the way, because you're made out of the same stuff I am. Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. He is praying, Lord, take these people and strengthen them in the inner man. Give them the might, the power to resist, to work, to go after. That's why, for instance, with Brother Schrock here, that's what our prayer was. That's why we gathered for prayer before the services, Sunday night through Wednesday night. That's why I'm still praying, Lord, that we take these things. Because there comes a time when we're not together. And next thing you know, Brother Ledoux, you're off by yourself. Dan, you're off by yourself. Solomon, you're off by yourself. We wind up in situations where, guess what? There's a challenge that takes place. That there's something where someone or someones come along and they resist us, and we need to be able to resist back. Not in the flesh, but in the power of God. At 2 o'clock in the morning, Ed, when you're out there, it doesn't come naturally. It's not in our flesh. Listen, sometimes we might be saying, oh, Lord, you know, please help me not to fall into sin. You know, there's more than one step from walking in Christ to falling into sin. There is a step of walking in Christ by the power of God and walking in Christ by the flesh. I know. I've been there. I've done ministry. I have preached that way. And you don't want to do that. Because without him, he told us, 
we can do how much? So this is why we've got to do this. We've got to understand this. We need Holy Spirit power. We are here to be what God wants us to be, not what we want us to be. So the strength and power of the Holy Spirit is that power that we desire, we ought to desire, and it's in the inner man. That's why you feed the inner man in meditation, in getting into the Word of God. Even now, even now, what's at work is what's here. What's here. So there is that prayer. Now, does he have enough? Yeah, it's according to the riches of his glory. I don't think God has run out of power yet. We're always talking about power now. You need to get an electric car. I don't even want to go down that road, no pun intended. But you know, I woke up this morning and that sun was still blazing. And you look up in the stars at night and guess what? They're all still there. That's our God. He has the power. The riches of his power. This is what Acts chapter 1 is. Verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. By the way, that's, there's something else. This, this has been on my mind for a couple of weeks. In fact, it kind of goes off and on, off and on, but you get to thinking about it. It's this. How many of you really, I'm, I'm not looking for a raise of hands. How many of you enjoy reading the book of Acts? Isn't it great? You know, you, you, and it's like it's wonderful. You know, you're hearing what our 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 spiritual forefathers were doing. You know, <clears throat> the same Holy Spirit that wrote that book is still writing what the word what the body of Christ is doing right now. That's why I don't I don't know. I, how do you describe it? I don't know, but I'm just I'm gonna give it the best shot that I can give it. Lord, you've got me alive in 2023. That's incredible. But, Lord, I don't want to miss what you have for me. I don't want to be outside of the will of God. That's one thing that has always scared me. Lord, I don't want to get out of God's will. I don't want to get out of your will. And I, and I, and I don't want to miss and I have before. You know, you just, you get into the flesh. You just, it's the, it's the, it's the, the, uh, the sin of omission. You get out of, you get out of listening to the Lord. He's trying to encourage you to go someplace. I don't want to do that. And so right now it's like, Lord, you know, come on, help. We've got a local church here. I don't want Faith Baptist to miss what it's called to be, it's a local church. Folks, we've got some, we, we've, we've got some surrendering to do. You know, there's a fly. Roger, did you let go a pet fly? There's a fly up here. I'm t- you know, it's a good thing that they fly as fast as they do because I'd have a shotgun up here. Look at the thing. It's just Lord of the Flies, something like that. I've never read that. I don't 
But you know, really, now, now let me ask you, let me ask you, who can I pick on? Now I'm not going to pick on anybody. Now I'm going to pick on Peter. I'll pick on Wayne. I'll pick on the guys up here. There we go. Yeah. All right. There you are. Wave every There we go. Yes. The voices from above. Would you, listen, God created you for a reason. And it wasn't just to give the preacher a hard time. I'm sure you get, yeah, I know the lights are about to go out. But you know, you don't want to miss what God has called you to be for. We don't. We were, we were born, we are here in the greatest nation on earth. This isn't in the notes. This is free. We're here, we're in the greatest nation on earth. We have freedom still. What are we going to do with it? That's amazing to me. Lord, help us to step out, especially now that I got my hip replaced, you know, step out and trust him. Man, I'm telling you. And he said unto me, I love this. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Your weakness. That's 2 Corinthians 12. So there it is. I have the power for this. That's his request to the church at Corinth. So not only the Holy Spirit, but listen to what he says here. Look at verse 17. Now he speaks about Christ and his indwelling, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, this is the second request that he makes. Now, when a person gets saved, the Lord is there. He's in there. His presence is there. But what this means when he says, may dwell in your hearts, that word means he feels at home. You know, I can go, I can go to your house and, you know, it's nice, you know, I'm glad, you know, I go to your house, but it's not home. You know what I mean? You can come to my house, but, but, but it's not home. You go to your house, I go to my house, and boy, we feel at home. You can kick back, kick, turn out, you know, kick off the shoes, you know, do all that. I mean, it's 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 great. This is what he's saying: that Christ not only comes in, his presence is there. Are you listening? But he feels at home. He feels at home. He knows he's welcomed and he's loved, and he can do whatever he desires to do. That's what he's praying there. When Christ came, he came bringing us salvation. And he did it by faith. We trusted him. It's the same thing that's going to make him feel at home. If we can trust him by faith, Lord, you do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. Listen to what he said in John 14. 
at that day ye shall, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Listen to this, verse 23, John 17. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. When his presence comes, the Father's presence is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Listen, there's love there, which he says later on in the phrase, look, the third request, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, what love? The love he just talked about. That ye being rooted and grounded in love, the agapio love, look at verse 18. Now with that comes an understanding That's the fourth request. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Now listen. I I got to watch a video yesterday I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, I I thought, I'm going to check it out. I want to see if it's on YouTube. And sure enough, it was on YouTube. Bob Jones made, years ago in 1971, they made a video called uh, Flame in the Wind. It was about the 16th century uh, Spanish Inquisition where they were taking people that believe like we do, and they were burning them at the stake. This, this, is, this is documented, this is factual, and they did it to thousands. And it was just interesting because I knew several people, I, in fact, the guy that starred in it married a gal from our church that I grew up at, that, that, uh, uh, Jane Kinchelow. Yeah. And it was just really to see this, it was really interesting to see this depicted. What was fascinating is to watch those that were depicting uh, the, the monks that had truly trusted Christ. They were, they were, they were going after God's word they realized salvation didn't come by the mother church. It comes by our Father God through the Son, Jesus. It was really interesting to see how they determined they were going to show these people that the inner man was strengthened. You could put them to the stake. You could torch them, but it wasn't going to change them. Now, see, that's that's so much of what we're talking about here. We can't control what's on the outside, but we can surrender what's on the inside. And it's amazing what God does there. And so in thinking about the love of Christ, he's saying this, listen, the Savior that died for you My request is that when he is in you, he comes in and he settles down and he feels right at home so that we grow. And you can understand, for instance, you can understand what what we've talked about already. He's saying to the church at Ephesus, the blessings of God, the knowledge and power of God, the mercy and grace of God, chapter 2 the reconciliation and peace wrought by being in Christ. The church, what it is, 
And then the body that God brought together, the ecclesia, the called out ones, that's why we're here. That's why we're in God's word. Listen, the more we understand what God has done for us, the more we will reach out and take the love and salvation of God to a world that is absolutely reeling right now. There are people that are so discontent, they're so ill at ease because of so much that is going on that is changing their world, and they don't like it. I can't believe now I wind up getting a questionnaire from Kaiser. And one of the, th- one of the questions, do you feel threatened at home? Well, most of the time, no. Went to the doctor. I, I-, I can't remember what for. It was sometime, you know, last several months. And so I'm just there with the nurse. She goes, do you feel safe at home? Why do people beat up on each other? Why do people get upset? You know, I, we, we could kid about it, but the fact of the matter is, don't you get kind of tired? Wait, I woke up this morning, found out 10 people were killed at a part, at some whatever going on in Southern California. And of course, we know what the answer is. Take away guns. Folks, you take away the guns, they're going to have knives, they're going to have clubs. Good night. They'll take baseball bats. It doesn't stop a wicked heart. Only God can give man a new heart. Only God. So Paul comes along again to the church at Corinth. Man, Paul was good stuff. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. We get into the word of God, and we can see these things. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That's good stuff. Let's go back to Ephesians, the church at Ephesus. So, We want to understand the the breadth, the length, the depth, and height. Look at verse 19. He's talking about the love of Christ. This is his fifth request. And to know the love of Christ, which, oh, by the way, passeth knowledge. It's utterly impossible to grasp it. But don't you love it? (coughs) This love that God has, There ain't a tape measure out there that can measure it. There's not a telescope that can take the whole thing in. That's the love that our Savior has for us. It's a love that passes knowledge. It's great. There was a song that was written by F.M. Lehman called the love of God. This is so good. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, 
were every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I love that. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Uh Uh-oh, Roger, they didn't listen to you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love Romans 8. I'm telling you, you can swim in it. It's all my soul. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There is nobody in this nation, nobody on earth that can separate us from the love of Christ. There's no situation. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? (laughs) Nope. Ain't there. Ain't there. But listen to this. Here's his sixth request that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Remember talking to Brother Jim Benny. That was his passion. Oh, I want the fullness of God. This is his prayer. This is Paul interceding for us. That means that around the world and down through the ages in places, oh, just like Faith Baptist, God's people will gather. And this prayer rings through the ages. And he says, you know what? Through Holy Spirit power, this is what I want for you. All the fullness of God. You know, we hate it when we have to deal with this flesh. Bob and I were talking about how, you know, there's... What was that situation where somebody said, a professor looked at students and said, you're the last generation that will know death because they're making it so much into the wing in perpetuity, keeping the body going. Number one, that ain't going to happen. But number two, like Bob said, who in the world would want to keep living in this world with all the sin? Oh, my soul, give us heaven. Hey. We have a situation coming where he will say, Behold, I make all things new. Amen? Think about that. That, we want the fullness of God without the flesh that we've got to deal with. That is the joy that is is coming. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, each doing a different task in us but bringing us along. No wonder in another place, Paul wrote to the church, to the people in Rome, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. We don't know. We don't understand it except this. God's in charge. And then we come to the conclusion. Almost done. Look at verse 20. 
What a way to close out this prayer. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know, we're not supposed to over, overdo it with superlatives. You know, these words, oh, it's, it's not just good. It's wonderfully awesome, you know, on and on. And yet that's what you find in God's word because you've got Paul and others. They don't know what else to use. You take the best of words and double them, trying to describe the God that we have, his love for us, and his desire to do all things for good. Just like what he was saying, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Doesn't that make you want to start singing? Exceeding. Don't you all know that song? Exceeding abundantly above all we ask. How many of you don't know that word? That, uh... Oh, man. We got a song. To, we're going to, Roger, we're learning. Do you know that song? You don't know that song? Exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's what my God can do. Exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's what he'll do for you. He can save and he can heal. I'm so glad I know he's real. Exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That's what my God can do. What a way to ruin a sermon. (laughs) The preacher, I'm okay. I did not fall. Listen, by the way, we're learning that song. Exceedingly to surpass, to go beyond any request, abundantly to overflow, above, go over and above, beyond all that we ask. I mean, that's the kind of God you can get excited about. No wonder he prayed this prayer. Paul knew it. He had already visited heaven. And he's saying, if you just knew. I want to sing that song again, but no, we're not going to do that. Listen, God is able. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Think of the testimony that he has in Scripture. God is able to raise up children from stones. Luke 3, God is able to raise these stones, raise children uh, uh, up children unto Abraham to fulfill promises, even if they are humanly impossible. Romans 4.21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Make grace abound. We've already seen that in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 to subdue all things, Philippians 3.21, to subdue all things unto himself, to guard the soul's treasure, to save to the uttermost, Hebrews 7.25, to keep us from falling, Jude 24. Why? Luke 1, for with God nothing shall be 
impossible. That's why he prayed that prayer. That's why Paul's prayer matters. Again, we, I think about what we heard this, this last week from Brother Mike. And it was so exciting. The challenge is, yes, beware of Satan's hooks. You've got to listen to that message from Wednesday night. But then other places where he preached on the church, the local church, what we're here for. And so I thought, you know what, Lord, what we need to do is we need to hear how Paul prayed for us. I'm so glad Paul did that. I'm so glad Christ prayed for us. Now listen, we're here for a purpose. Do you hear me? We're here for a purpose. There is a calling. Roger <clears throat> mentioned a business meeting, the church meeting. We're going to be talking about some things about the future. We're going to step out in faith. We need to. Meanwhile, there are people that are living and dying without Jesus Christ. We have the power to do what we ought to do. Not in us, in him. Rejoice in Paul's prayer. But better yet, step out in it. Step out in it. Amen? Amen.